0: Welcome to the TSN MMA Show. I'm your host, Darren Bronstetter, and I'm happy to have Joe Valtellini with me. He's in Abu Dhabi on are. Fight Island.
1: That's it. I'm here, stuck on the hotel in Fight Island, but uh, it's been such a cool experience, and I think the coolest thing here, it's uh, not being on the island. It's being in a hotel with all the UFC fighters, and some of my highlights was today. I took a nice picture with Jose Aldo, got to see him, which has been awesome. I never got to meet him uh so yeah just to see the different fighters interact with them having good conversations with paul felder and we did some training with uriah faber so i think that's been one of the coolest parts of this whole experience
0: why is jose still there
1: uh i'm not too sure he's just <laughs> been doing he actually just rode the we just rode some race cars and he just rode them before us too which is awesome and uh it's just i don't know why he's here but it's very cool to meet him just his uh, his presence amazing such a nice friendly guy so i think that's been uh Just want to keep meeting more people. I mean, you're just sitting beside Shogun. You see Noguera here. Uh, So it's just for me, it's just uh, I'm a fan of these guys. So to be there, to see the coaches and um, experience this has been the best part for me.
0: What's the training situation like out there? Like, are are people training? I know there's that octagon on the beach. Do you have access to that?
1: Yeah, we can go. It closes at 7 p.m. So a lot of the fighters just go. They kind of move around. But it's just more for show there. And I think a lot of the frustration is a lot of people are watching you know, the fights on fight Island, thinking that they're fighting in that cage outside. So I think a lot of people were disappointed that they weren't outdoor fights, but um, it was just cool to go there. We did a little bit of shadow boxing, moving around, but uh, every fighter gets uh, another room. They get a training room that's, uh, you know, for themselves. It has a, a bunch of mats. It's got a little portable sauna for us, but uh, everything is just so hot. We open the door in the training room and we're drenched. We're sweating. Uh, mats are slipping everywhere. So they're really taking good care of us, which is uh, really nice to see.
0: Well, if there's one thing Dana White doesn't mess around with, is production. He's not going to leave his production open to, uh, I guess, having the elements. You know, it's not going to rain out in Abu Dhabi, but it's going to be really hot out there if you try to do it on the beach.
1: Yeah, there's too many variables. As a fighter, I wouldn't want to do it. I just think that too hot might get exhausted more. I mean... It sounds cool to do it, but uh, and both fighters are in the same situation. But it, it's not made for that. I'm just kind of curious to see more of how, um, you know, the quiet arena is going to be, how it's going to sound. But I've I've called a lot of and coached a lot of amateur fights and stuff where there's not many people, so uh, I can't see it being too uh, different for me.
0: Yeah. So uh, Malcolm took the fight what on about two weeks' notice. So wh- what was it like yeah. for you to just basically be like, okay, I'm going to Abu Dhabi in like two days.
1: Well, honestly it's been great for me with not having any glory kickboxing right now. The gym's being still closed in Toronto. It's just it was a perfect time to be able to get away, um continue to, you know, accomplish things that I've wanted to. My ultimate goal is to be, you know, one of the best coaches in the UFC and this is just the first step. Malcolm's going to be that one that's going to keep snowballing, getting more guys in and I'm sure I'll be part of uh, many more fight weeks uh, to come.
0: You got to pick James Krause's brain if you see him. James Krause is like I
1: have. we've been talking a couple times, yeah.
0: And James Krause has it all together. He knows he knows like real estate, he knows like he he's yeah. one of the best coaches already and he's still an active fighter. Like that guy's got everything going for him.
1: Yeah, we had a conversation today. He says he has about 9 UFC fighters on his roster as well as about 30 other guys on his fight team. So he says he's barely home any weekend because I want to see him keep fighting. And it was actually cool to see. Um I'm here cornering with Sam Stout, you know, twenty fight UFC vet and just hearing James Krause and Sam Stout they fought years ago, uh, just to hear them talk about their experience and and how one person hit one to the body, the other person got this uh you know, the guillotine choke. So it was just fun to see the dynamic. But I just I told James today, I said, Man, what you're doing is great. I mean, opened up his gym with his first fifty K bonus and now he's just snowballing, so he's one of the smarter guys that's creating the, uh, the exit out of the sport for him. So good on James. And we might actually be training tonight. So hopefully that pulls through.
0: And yeah, uh, Sam's down there with you, Sam Stout. I know he had a, a personal tragedy mm-hmm. a couple of months, like a yeah. month or so ago. How's he doing?
1: Um, he seems okay. I mean, I think this is a good little break for him, uh, to get out of the way and to kind of get his mind off things. But, uh, he's a fighter. He's got that fighter mentality and he's got to just, um, go through the process. So, uh, it's been tough he's but we're here for him and uh, i think this is going to be good for him to help him get over it so
0: yeah, absolutely um and uh, how's malcolm doing how's malcolm's uh all of malcolm's you know uh, weight cutting all that stuff going It's well from speaking well, to so- him earlier and uh, we'll have that interview later on in the show yeah uh, it seems like the weight cutting is going well
1: yeah he's, he's it's so hot here it's really easy we started training right away he's a professional he knows what to do uh but I mean, it's just we're just doing the right proper steps, and having the UFC Institute here has been incredible. They give all the guys their own su- the proper supplements. Uh, they give them their three meals to to have to help them make the weight, so they make the process really easy for the fighters. Uh, but now is the the mental fatigue time. We got uh just less than 24 hours to our weigh in, so now we got about 10 11 pounds of water to lose in the next 24 hours. And for a 125er, it could be a lot of weight, but. Uh, he's done it his whole career. So we're confident we're going to sweat some out today. And then in the morning uh, we'll do some more, but the great thing is we weigh in at 5. PM um, our time here. And then we don't fight till like 3 AM in the morning. So we get a good extended, you know, over 36, maybe 36 hours to be able to recover. So he's a guy that just blows up a lot. So I'm expecting him to put on at least 20 pounds of uh, a weight. So, I mean, for his frame, his body, he's going to be a big, strong flyweight in the division.
0: Yeah, they're keeping it on Eastern time. Uh, but yep. the cool thing is you're you're staying on Eastern time, so it's going to be like 9 a.m. Eastern mm-hmm. for you. And then you don't fight until whatever the equivalent of like 7 p.m. or 7.30 p.m. the next night, right? So that's kind yeah. of cool, right? Because like you mentioned, it's, a, it's a, a pretty long duration where you can put weight on. And for a guy as big as Malcolm in the division, that's going to help yeah. him a lot.
1: Oh, yeah. It, it, it's it's just the time. It's just it's, it's insane. Like we wake up at 4 p.m. every day, which is it's nuts. And then I go to bed when the sun comes up, which has been uh, exhausting. But uh, it's just different. It's just a different experience. Fighters are on different times. Like you're all of a sudden it's 3 a.m. in the morning. And all of a sudden you hear people hitting pads, people, you know, it's just Ferraris ripping by outside on the track. Fighters hitting pads. It's, it's just the it's just the perfect fight hotel. We're good.
0: Do you, do you have white noise or anything like that to keep you asleep? You have blackout curtains.
1: No, a lot of melatonin and uh, yeah, I just kind of I, w- I wear the nice face mask. I bring a face mask and take melatonin, and I'm good. The face mask is one and of I the more treating-
0: underrated travel tools. I love the face mask.
1: For sure. I mean, especially on the plane when you don't want anyone to bother you, just put it on. And the, I would say the number one thing is uh, noise canceling headphones would be my number one travel. I got those because hearing yeah. that noise in the plane, it just gets annoying. Especially a fourteen and a half hour flight here is just uh, exhausting. But apparently, uh, the flight home on the nineteenth is going to be a lot of it. I think Dana White's even going to be on our plane. Maybe he'll let me in his little suite. He can sit in the back, and I'll take his suite. I'll ask him. We'll see what he says.
0: Yeah, Dana's flying home on the Sunday. I don't know why he's he's flying back to Vegas that early. I don't know,
1: but I'm going to see if I can take his spot. It'll be a nice little gesture of Dana. Come on, my, for my first time coaching and uh, you know in a while here in the UFC, I think he should give me his little pod there on the airplane.
0: Yeah, I'll send him a text. I'll ask him if that's cool.
1: Yeah, I think so. <laughs> the food on it was great, though. We had uh, they put Malcolm in like the first class. They put all the fighters in the little uh, business class, first class. So, but uh, I literally had four seats to myself there's maybe five people in the whole back of the plane so we made our own little beds laid out slept good it's the first night we had steak on the plane you know nice nice meals so it's uh traveling after this is going to be a little bit uh different now i got even spoiled the first class experience yeah so we've been spoiled and even at the hotel we're getting cases of water we get three uh, meals delivered to us every day um they're just doing it right uh, we're doing Test number five tomorrow. This is our fifth COVID test in the morning. So I think we're going to do about a total of six, which um, I recommend going through, the, do the throat swab, not the nose one. Uh, the, the nose swab isn't fun. Uh, it doesn't so look fun. If you're going to yeah. do it, do the throat. The throat swab looks like a strep throat test. Yeah, it's basically, They kind of jiggle around a little too long there for your liking, but uh, it uh, it's not as bad once you get used to it. I had a little bit more anxiety thinking about it on the way here.
0: Um, I was going to ask you also. I I saw that uh, Malcolm liked the headline on TSN's uh, website for the uh, the interview. Yeah, I thought it was funny. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> we were going through I'm like Malcolm. You really don't know. He's like, I don't know at all. And I was like, come on, Malcolm, you got to know something. <laughs> Couldn't even think about it.
0: How does he not have his finger <laughs> on the pulse of anything that's going on in the U? I love it actually. I think it's endearing. I think it's I think it just yeah. shows how focused he is on him and his career. I don't think it's a, ba- a bad a bad thing. Good.
1: I'm sure there's a lot of fighters that way. I mean, even when I was competing, I never liked to watch fights, Uh, especially during my fight camp. I hated watching fights. To me, it was one of the most stressful things because you're seeing guys compete and getting hurt, and then you're like, man, I do this crazy stuff? Like... The, the the person you are in the ring of the cage is totally different than the person that's outside. Like you you put this mindset on. So when I'm seeing someone get knocked out and how fa they look big, they look fast on TV I'm like, Man, I do this crazy stuff? Like, this is insane. What am I doing? So I mean sometimes it's best not to be able to watch the fights.
0: But well, like right after I interviewed Malcolm, I went in my car and I was listening to uh, Mike Heck from MMA Fighting was interviewing uh, Gilbert Burns. And Burns is like, I watch every UFC pay-per-view, I watch every UFC event, I watch every Bellator, I watch all of the jiu-jitsu tournaments, I watch one championship. And I'm thinking like, he uh, the amount of time that he spends on this compared to Malcolm who's like just doing yeah. whatever he wants on a Saturday must be pretty, uh, it's a pretty uh,
1: strong yeah. contrast. I mean I, I I was shocked. I actually thought he watched more to be honest, but uh he's upset. He loves jiu-jitsu, so he watches all the jiu-jitsu stuff probably more than the MMA, but he's uh I think since training with me, I think people are going to be surprised with some of the the newer attributes he's adding to his game. I think he's going to be uh really really well-rounded in the next little bit of time. So, I think he can do well, and I'm, I'm, we're we're positive. We're positive with everything.
0: Well, when you watch other fights, you probably learn a lot of different technique, but there's probably also advantages to not watching any other fights. What what do you think
1: some of those advantages could be? Well, I just think if you watch, I think the job of the coach should be the one to really watch and break down a lot of the technique. And we've watched fights together. I'll be like, okay, let's watch this quickly. So then... I created a game plan and then from the game plan, I put it in his head. We practiced, we drilled it, and then we'll watch some film together and we'll say, okay, this is where I want this, this is where I want that. So I showed them the example and then we drill again. So, I mean, I never watched because these – like I said, people look more intimidating when you watch them on TV. So sometimes it's just best to go in there, fight your fight, and just adapt as you go on. Just sit there and over-worry I mean, you can be the best prepared, but if you're mentally not prepared for what's about to happen, that's really draining the stress, the anxiety. That's where a lot of people, like, you can be the best person in training, but when it's time to come fight week, there's so many mind uh, tricks that your mind plays on you that keeping the mind strong is the most important thing.
0: I uh, did a podcast earlier this week already discussing UFC 251, but I'd love to hear if you have any thoughts on it. Is there anything that stood out to you from that card with the three title fights and... Uh... Rose versus Andrade, anything to stand, stand out to you well, I'd I'd also I'd just... also love to know before I before you continue how did you have mm-hmm. uh, Volkanovski versus Holloway scored
1: uh, I actually looked on your Twitter I'll start with that but I actually looked on your Twitter door I thought who you thought won and uh, you had Volkanovski winning which I was surprised I mean I thought it was I thought Holloway 132 to be honest with you
0: Mr. leg kick didn't give the last 3 rounds to Volkanovski Volkanov- no, Volkanovski was it. doing I he, was, he was destroying I... him with the inside leg kick
1: yeah, but his foot was hurt. It wasn't doing too much damage. Remember, I'm not an inside low kicker. I don't think inside low kicks do a lot of damage. Um, I didn't know his foot was sore, but yeah, I didn't see him. I, watching it, I'm, I'll probably have to rewatch again. But I thought Holloway did enough to win. And I think when I was looking at a lot of the comments, I mean, I think I would say a majority of people thought Holloway. Oh yeah,
0: won. I'd say it's 95 percent of people thought Holloway won. But which which three yeah. rounds did you give him? Do you remember?
1: I can't remember because we watched it at like 10, 10 a.m. in the morning where we're like half asleep. But uh, yeah, I, I'd have to rewatch it to give you an, an exact. But when we watched it, all of us were in agreement that it was three two for Holloway. Hmm, okay. So what how did so what did you see? Break it down for me.
0: Well, I mean, the problem is the scoring criteria. Like, if the scoring system was the way that I think it should be, which is the half point system, I think you should do ten to nine and a half, ten to nine, ten to eight and a half, ten to eight. Ten to seven and a half. Ten to seven. Like I would have scored mm-hmm. round one ten to eight and a half for Max because he had like that borderline knockdown. I would have scored round two ten to eight and a half for Max, and then I would have scored round three ten to nine and a half for Volkanovski. I would have scored ten round four ten to nine for Volkanovski, and I would have scored round five ten to nine and a half for Volkanovski, and that would have made it about a draw. I think it would be a draw. Yeah. If that was a, yeah. It, it, that
1: could have been okay, but I just thought that. The forward pressure of Holloway was just adding up to be a little bit, you know, more looked a little bit more favorable. But yeah, no, I thought I thought for sure Max was going to get it. I thought it would have been an easy decision, three-two. Well, the problem
0: is you have two really dominant first rounds, like the first and second round. Those rounds were clear Max Holloway rounds. You couldn't yeah. argue it any other way. But then the last three rounds, you could argue either way, I think. Like, I think if you gave the third round to Max, I think that's totally fine. If you gave it to Volkanovski, it's fine. If you gave the fourth round yeah. to Max, it's fine. If you gave the fourth round to Volkanovski, it's fine. Although that was probably the more dominant uh, Volkanovski round or the more clear Volkanovski round. And the fifth round, if you gave it to Max or you gave it to Volkanovski, I think that's fine too, right? So if you're going to do, do it that way, you've got to be okay with however the decision shakes out with those scores. Like, you have to – you give Max those first two rounds, and then if the next three rounds are close – I think however way you score it is, is a fine score. I, th- I think it was 49-46 for Max, that would have been a fine score. Or 48-47 yeah. Max, or 48-47 Volkanovski. I don't think Volkanovski could have won more than three rounds. Like I just, yeah. He didn't. But I just gave him those yeah. last three rounds. I thought that he won them. Yeah,
1: I just didn't think, I think from watching the past, like Volkanovski just wasn't an active enough for me. I felt like he was a little bit more patient this time around. I didn't he had feel higher volume and higher pressure. accuracy in those three rounds. I don't know. To me, it didn't seem like it, to be honest. I don't know but I, I don't know where they got that decision from, but I looked at the comments after because we were like so shocked that I had to see, like, did I watch a totally different fight? So that looking at the comments and stuff, it just seemed everyone thought uh, Holloway, so I didn't think I was crazy. Yeah, maybe I'm... You were the crazy one. You were yeah. the crazy one, Aaron. Well, someone You're sent the... me a
0: message on Instagram saying, what fight are you watching, bro? It was like after the fourth round that I had it tied. What fight yeah, are you yeah. watching? And then Volkanovski won and I responded, the one that Volkanovski just won. <laughs>
1: That's <laughs> the just one. Yeah, that's the perfect one. There you go. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, because but, I mean, a, lot a, people, a lot of people a lot
0: of the problem is the commentary was so biased towards Max in that fight. Like it, I, did yes, you watch it yes, with the commentary? That's true. Uh yes, I did. Every that time was. Max had any success, they were like, "Oh, Max is really on tonight. Max is but anytime Volkanovsky had success, they didn't even talk about it.
1: Yeah. But even watching Volkanovsky, uh, Volkanovsky in the pre fights he was wearing a shin guard on his right foot, so I don't think he was able to kick at full potential like he did in that first fight. But he was still I just he wasn't bombing his punches. He just I felt I needed a little bit more from him. Just that little bit more. Well, I he didn't need a little bit more because he got the win, but um in my eyes he just wasn't pressuring, wasn't throwing enough volume. Like he would get in there, but I needed just follow ups, you know, I just I think he uh I think he got away with something good. But uh hey, that's the way the game goes. And of course and that just shows uh what we gotta do.
0: Yeah, and of course the other two uh title fights fairly clear. Obviously Jan won inside the distance in the fifth round. Yeah. And uh Uzman, I thought won four of those five rounds. You could have given them all five.
1: Yeah, I mean I think that Usman fight was uh, as predicted. It wasn't the most exciting, obviously. I think that's the uh, the style that uh, that wrestling pressure brings. But uh I don't know, man. He's gonna be really difficult to beat. Um yeah, I'm, what what is your take on that? What do you think? Yeah, it went exactly
0: how I thought it was gonna go. I mean, I, I thought that pressure. I just thought that he was gonna be able to basically just impose his will for you know throughout the fight in terms of the style. I thought that the style uh, was was such that. He would be able to just dictate the pace of the fight, be able to bring the fight wherever he wanted to, utilize his wrestling. I knew Masvidal would do a good job of stuffing the takedowns from, you know, most of the time, but most of the time it's not yeah. good enough against Uzman, because once he gets you down, you're in big trouble. And it's hard to yeah. get back up. So I thought that, that that's exactly how I thought that fight was going to go. And I thought the Jan and Aldo fight was going to go kind of similarly to how it went as well. I thought it was going to be a close fight. And I thought that Yan uh, would either get a late finish uh, or would win a decision. But And that's c- kind of how it went. Uh, and... In terms of the co-main, it kind of went how I thought it was going to go, too. I thought it was going to be a very close fight, and I thought that Vol- Volkanovski, um, that Max was going to have to make an adjustment in order to beat Volkanovski. He made that adjustment in the first two rounds, and then Volkanovski picked up on it, and I thought Volkanovski turned the tables on him a little bit. So, But yeah, again, I thought that fight was super close, and I would have been totally fine if Max won that fight on the judges' scorecards, and I don't fault anybody who scored it for him, and... I think that in 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 a, a fight with three close rounds you have to be okay like you can't call it a robbery if yeah. if you know that there are three close rounds in a fight that's just that's not a robbery.
1: Yeah. I was again impressed with the women's fight. I thought Rose fought great. I thought Rose did really well, which kind of made me happy to see to see how her to see her come back after you know an injury like that and her mindset and the way she's motivated now for uh, the fight against Wei Li. I think it's uh, set up to be something spectacular between those two.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's going to be an awesome fight. Um, and uh, with with um, that particular fight, uh, I thought that Rose. Uh, did did you know? Basically, like had that fight play out the way that it would have had she fought Andrade, but like the last time, if she didn't get thrown on her head. But the question yeah. is, like with Andrade, like I actually think Andrade improved since the last fight. I thought that she got better, and if that would have been a five round fight, I don't think there's any chance Rose would have won that fight. But yeah, you don't I mean, fight, the same, you don't fight forward, the same way. fight yeah, the same way in a three to five round fight. It's a different fight.
1: But I mean, Rose just staying long, using her jab, like her style is going to be very difficult. I think it's going to give Wei Lee a lot of problems too because her movement, her distance control, her ability to close distance. Like she looked sharp. She looked really sharp. So I think uh Rose can get back to that championship ways. I really do feel that.
0: And there are so few divisions like that division where like the top 5 are so much clearly above the rest of them. Like maybe you could you could probably yeah. say the same in heavyweight with the top 4 in heavyweight, but uh the top 5 in that division with Joanna, Wei Li, Rose, uh, Andraj, and I would put Tatiana Suarez in that conversation. Like, I just think they're head and shoulders better than everybody else.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's some of those divisions are stacked like that. I mean, I think the, another example is the 185 division. There's still such big gaps between, you know, so many the 205s the same way. I mean, that's that's the name of the game. Sometimes the the top is just hard to get to. But I'm happy to say now that I, hopefully Mr. Kelvin Cater worked his way up to uh, top five after his performance last night.
0: I would think so. I, I I mean he looked fantastic in that fight. And the crazy thing yeah, about that division. I'm repping it today. Yeah, there you go. I like the New England cartel yeah. shirt. But but uh, the thing that I keep I said to both Ige and Cater when I interviewed them was like I think anybody in that top 15 would have a competitive fight with the champion. Like I think that that the division is just so stacked that like they're just all so competitive that anybody can beat anybody on any given night and that the fights are like they they those are like dreadful fights. Being in yeah, that division, yeah. like, you are in for a war in every single one of those fights. And, like, you have to almost train to win early because otherwise you're going to just be stuck in, like, these five-round wars that are going to, like, mm. they're going to lower your career longevity.
1: Yeah. I, I'm i just excited to see where they move Kelvin next. I know Kelvin was obviously calling out the Volkanovski, but what do you think a, a good fight, a reasonable fight for Kelvin would be next.
0: Um, Calvin versus Zombie would be an amazing fight. You know, Cal. Any of these guys. Calvin versus Yair would be great. A rematch with Zabit would be awesome. um mm-hmm. Who else at the top of the division? Like Josh Emmett would be a great fight. Like there are a lot of names for Calvin Ortega, even Ortega. All of those names. Yeah. Basically, any of those names would be a great fight for for Calvin. And Calvin has earned one of those big fights. Uh, even Holloway. I mean, Holloway would be an amazing mm-hmm. matchup. Um so really, there's no bad answer, no wrong answer in that top five, top six of the division for Calvin Cater's next opponent. And I, I know you've trained with Calvin before. Uh, what did you think of his performance last night? Because I thought that he actually probably could have done a, an even better job in that fight.
1: Well, I, I can give you the political answer, and I said he did well. He did okay. He did. I would say he did okay. I think he did well, but uh, I don't think it was his full potential. I felt that he was just a little off, you know. I think we've we've seen better fights out of him. Maybe it was the time difference, the back-to-back fights, the situation. But, uh, yeah, I don't think it was his best performance, but he did enough to win. Um, I think he used his jab really effectively. Um, he couldn't find that right hand like he always does, but uh, he mixed in some of his kicks, good distance, good defense. Um, but one of the big things that stood out to me was how – um, I became a fan of Ige after that fight. Just hearing him talk and how respectful he was, I mean, um, I thought that was one of the things that stood out. And, and talking to Ige, uh, not, not me personally, but hearing him talk in that post-fight interview was just like, you know, Calvin's one of the best in the world. Good for him. Like, he was just solid dude. I mean, that's, that's the type of uh, fighters we need in this uh, sport.
0: Yeah, Dan is a, is a class act. He's an honest and, and nice guy. So I, I like Dan a lot. Um, the thing I thought was off with Cato was his timing. Like, I feel like he just w- wasn't timing Ige well. Um, yeah. And I thought that he could have done a better job there. But, I mean, who am I? I'm just some guy watching on, on TV. I, you're the guy who could say that, mm. not me. Um, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, the one thing I would have been calling a little bit more for is um, more punching from Calvin. I think the his biggest shots that he landed with his right hand were from counter punches. So, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of the counter right hand rather than leading it or trying to start with it. Um because when, when studying for Ige, I, was, I, I sent the guys my, uh, my strategies for them. And I was like, he punches in twos and threes all the time. It's always, bam, bam, and then he stops. We had to have countered more after his two punches and they were round. Um, I saw the uppercut a little bit, which Calvin just narrowly uh, almost hit it. But I think Tyson did a great job making the adjustments, keeping him long. Um, the idea is, number one thing, you get out, you get out safe. You get the win, and then now uh, we move from there, and it's time for improvements, and he knows that. So, I mean, I think it's uh, as long as you can leave a winner, keep moving up the division, and keep learning, that's the best thing possible. Getting out safe with a win.
0: So you've got Saturday Night's card, uh, Davis and figueredo against Benavidez, the rematch. I think the, the betting line on this is way off. Like a, Davis and figueredo is a minus 200 favorite, and if you watch the last fight, basically Benavidez won the first round, Second round was mm-hmm. close, and then they had that headbutt in the second round that threw the whole fight off and, and led to yeah. the knockout of Benavidez. So I think that Benavidez showed that he's probably the better fighter. Uh, it just happened to have a situation where uh things went awry for him, but he gets to run it back and finally have a chance to become a UFC champion. Well, once again, yeah, that another chance.
1: An, that would be a, a nice underdog pick. I agree with you.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I think that... Uh, Figueroa's a great fighter too. I don't want to take anything away from him, but I, I just thought that that last fight wasn't indicative of of how good Joe is because you you kind yeah. of had it end under kind of auspicious circumstances. Um a lot of other really good fights on this card. The Mike, Mark Diakese versus uh, Rafael Fiziev uh, fight. That that's one that stands out to me that's just going to be a total barn burner.
1: Yeah, I like I like Mark Diakese. uh he works with uh, one of my friends in Holland, Nick Hemmers. I was hoping to see him, so I was uh, saw Mark, and we were talking, we sent some videos to our, our friend in Holland and one of his coaches. But uh, just a nice guy, and I think uh, Mark's power, his, I like Mark. I think he's going to be a big problem for most people in you know the division. I'm not sure how his wrestling and his jiu-jitsu is, but from a striking standpoint, his power, um, I think he's going to give people a lot of hard times.
0: Well, this will be mostly a striking uh, fight, because Fiziev is a fantastic striker also.
1: Yeah, I don't know enough about Fiziev to to comment on that, but uh, I hope Mark Diocchese shows that Dutch kickboxing and uh, makes us proud.
0: So, Coach, what do you know about uh, Amir Albazi? Is that
1: Albazi, Albazi? Um, I'm going to call him Albazi. Who knows? The prince there. Um, I know he's explosive. I know he's fast. I know he prefers to grapple. Uh, so I think that uh, it's a good fight for Malcolm because I feel Albazi is going to kind of want to come and engage with the grappling and I think he's going to realize really quickly that Malcolm's uh, an anaconda on the ground. Once he slowly gets his things, he's just uh, a different beast when it comes to his jujitsu. And again, the improved striking, I just think he's fast. I think the timing is going to may take us a little while to get used to, but I think he's going to get desperate. He's going to shoot. And uh, I think it walks into our game, but uh, I think he's tough. I think the kid's got a lot of potential. The, the seeing a lot of his fights, he's just very quick and very hard to kind of get good top position, strong wrestling. But like I said, even if Malcolm gets taken down, Malcolm from his back, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, black belt wizard. And uh, I think he's going to have to uh, be able to defend a lot of takedowns because Malcolm doesn't stop once he starts attacking.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing Malcolm's uh, debut in the UFC. I think it's going to be uh, solid to see. Um, I'm trying to look at what else is on this particular card. It stands out. Uh, Jack yeah. Tramanson versus Gastelum should be a, an interesting one because both these guys were kind of getting to, to – I mean Gastelum actually fought for the interim belt, but they were getting towards the top of the division and then they both have kind of stumbled.
1: Yeah, and I really – like um, Gastelum was in the hotel with us the same flight. He's been around uh, a lot because I guess we're on the same card. But I was really, really shocked at how small he was.
0: He's very small. You know what I mean? I mm-hmm. thought he
1: was a little stocky. but And then I looked at him. I was like – I whispered to Sam. I was like, Sam – look how small his calves are, you know, it was like, they're not big ankles, they're not big calves, I mean, that just shows like, I mean, the first thing you do when you see a fighter is you size them up, and and, I mean, anyone in the 185 division is usually, I would say, six foot plus, pretty big, long, strong body frame, but you look at him, so a lot of people must underestimate him once they see him, Mm -hmm. like, even me, I was like, (laughs) He hits hard, Miro. man. I was like, does anyone if if this Hermanson if, if can't make it, I'm like, I'll fight Gasol now. Like he's tiny. I was like, how oh, small he is, but then he's like, once you see him fight, he's just a beast, you know. I'd still take the fight. Don't get me wrong, but <laughs> I just uh, he's just I can't believe the confidence he must have to be able to fight big guys. And I know Hermanson's a tall, big boy too.
0: He should absolutely be in the welterweight division, but he just likes to eat like easily, that's what
1: he easily but still (laughs) he's in your weight class he's in your weight class i could not depends which weight class my old weight class i'm going i'm a 185 a 185er now yeah that's what i mean he's in your current well he's an 85 er Gastelum. yeah and i mean i'm walking i'm pretty lean at 205 pounds so i'm probably quite a size bigger than him and just my calves alone my calves were twice the size of his so i was like i was shocked so i mean that just showed that it makes his fights with like the Adesanya's that much more impressive. Like if the fact that he had that bang out war with Adesanya and seeing and have you seen his Bisping height, down there? Size, I haven't seen him yet. Bisping's a huge guy. Like Bisping's no, a, have...
0: like, Bisping's yeah, a big know. dude, and and
1: Malcolm Gastelon, beat it. him in like a round. Yeah, I can't believe it. I'm telling you, I could not believe it. The size he was and the confidence he has to go against such big boys, unbelievable.
0: Mm-hmm, so, yeah, and, and I mean. Darren Till is, is now at 185, and that's probably where he should be. Like, Darren Till's a big guy.
1: Huge. Huge. So, I don't know. I I, I wouldn't mind to see Gaston try it. Like, go down. Come on, man. We got the UFC PI oh, He used bit. to He used to be at try 170.
0: It. He was at 170 for years, and then he kept missing weight.
1: But, I mean, you had your world title shots. Realistically, do you think he'll have a chance at another middleweight title shot? I
0: think so. I don't think the middleweight division is all that stacked. And I think that he gave uh, Adesanya a good fight. And that if if he can win one or two more fights, he'll be back in the mix. I mean, he's a. Dan- I think I, th- I thought he would beat Whitaker if they were going to face face off. Like I I, I thought that he was going to be the guy that beat Whitaker, not not uh, Israel. I just thought that yeah. Gaslam would get that shot. He was supposed to have that shot, and that then the uh, power punch. Yeah, he was he was there. He was in Australia ready to fight Whitaker, and then Whitaker had that that emergency on the day of the fight and had to pull out.
1: Hmm. Quickly talking about Whitaker, who are you taking? Uh, who's your early? Prediction with that uh, Whitaker till me and Malcolm were going back and forth in who we thought.
0: I like Whitaker in that fight. I think I think Whitaker really. Yeah, I think Whitaker will. It's kind of better at till every than till everywhere really. Um, So I I guess we'll see. I mean, the problem with Whitaker is he has miles now. Like he has a lot of miles on him. If you look Mm -hmm. at, he's had those wars with Romero. He got knocked out by Izzy. Um, But he's also used to fighting at 185. He used to fight at 170, just like Till did. But he's a pretty yeah. big dude one, for one. He's actually kind of small. If you saw Whitaker, you'd think he was probably pretty small too. But, yeah, he uh, doesn't look big to me. Yeah.
1: That's where I, I think Till's going to actually take it. I think the self-paw, the awkwardness. And Whitaker has a style that bounces outside and then he like really jumps in. And I think Till's got a really good counter left straight. It's going to be a little harder for Whitaker. I think uh, Till gets it done.
0: Yeah, it's a close fight. I, I, I don't really know. I'm, yeah. I'm interested to see what the odds are. So what do you think? What would you
1: guess the odds are? I think they would probably be. I'd say Whitaker a minus one ten, minus one twenty. You're max. right. On, you're right on. That's
0: Whitaker minus, minus one twenty. Yeah, minus one twenty. Oh, no, minus one. Yeah, yeah. Until can't be much 100. more than that. Yeah, yeah. You're good at this. You should making the odds. You should be the lines maker. That's
1: it. I should.
0: Well, I saw Malcolm's an, Malcolm's black. an underdog. Malcolm's a plus one fifty underdog. That's good. Perfect. <laughs> Maybe I need
1: to get on my betting lines. That's it. Can you bet out there in Abu but, Dhabi? Probably not. Probably. I don't think so. I don't know. I'm not too sure. But I don't like to jinx things and stuff. I like to keep it separate. Mm-hmm. But I know a lot of fighters that do bet on themselves. So who knows? But okay. I, I would be confident to, to bet on them. But I just don't like to play. What do they call it? I don't want to be uh, the juju.
0: Yeah, exactly. You don't want to yeah. mess with the juju.
1: Yeah. Don't want to mess with the juju. No, thank you. Yeah. So we'll keep it we'll keep it to ourselves, our confidence.
0: Um, so that's gonna wrap it up for Fight Island like there's this weekend and then there's the weekend after with Till and Whitaker that you've also got uh, Shogun Hua against against Little Nog that's a a Pride throwback I know that's you grew up watching Pride you must uh, you must uh, be in awe when you see
1: these guys I know. I wanted, like, I mean, I still, like, I mean, with the language barrier and stuff, they're all so nice, but it's fight week, and a lot of guys, like, I know how it is. Fight week, and you just don't want to always have to take pictures and be on. So I don't like over approaching the guys, but uh, Shogun would really be a, a picture I would like to get. I mean, just that old school warrior, really stuck to the kickboxing, shootbox roots, and, I mean, that's a that's a picture I want. I was happy I got uh, the Aldo pitcher today. Uh, I think Uriah, I mean, just talking to him and uh, just I think Uriah, I hope after his career, the UFC puts him in a like a role model position. I think he's such a great person to have to kind of help these up and coming fighters because, I mean, me, him, Sam and Malcolm, we had a I I also met Lance Palmer was with him as well. And they're just talking about the importance of how to kind of. Put your money in the right places. Invest properly. Don't waste money. So that they're really good that way. Maybe he can get a role in helping these fighters as much as he can.
0: Yeah, Kraus too. Kraus is really good with real estate. He, says, oh, that, he says that every fight that he, he takes, like I think he got 75 in his last one. He goes, I know I can turn that into 150. Like he just knows that in yeah. terms just with his real estate acumen, he can basically double whatever he makes. And he's confident on that, which is kind of cool. Uh, I saw your friend Justin Taffa is not coming anymore. He, uh, he had to pull out of his fight next weekend.
1: Oh, okay. I'm, uh, I'm more friends with his brother. With Junior, yeah. Junior top, yeah. But, uh, yeah, he. W- I actually messaged him uh, last day, and I didn't know he wasn't coming, but that's disappointing. Yeah,
0: the Canadians uh, taking a spot. Uh, Tanner Bozer got the call. He's, oh, he's gonna be I re- love re- facing Bowser. Yeah, He just signed a four-fight extension, yeah. he's facing uh, Rafael Pizzoa next weekend.
1: And, uh, something about Bozer. That mullet works for him. He kind of switches stances. He's good. I really, uh, I really think is going to do well. I just think he's a little small for a heavyweight. I think that's the big issue.
0: No, I d- I don't agree with that. You know, people said yeah, that last I so. time. No, he. I mean, he weighed in at two thirty five for the last fight, and that's like, tiny. yeah, but Stepe weighed at two twenty seven. He's the champion.
1: Stepe's bigger than 227. That's what he weighed for
0: his last fight. Stepe weighed like two twenty seven when he fought
1: she, Cormier the last. Really? time.
0: Yeah, he's the same size uh, as Stepe. No, I, it would. I, can't, I, don't, think, no I don't think. I don't think Bozer I cut I the two five. That is two
1: twenty seven. I'm gonna look no it up. I'll look it up right now. 227 i look it at yes, right please, now. Please, because there's no way I three pays two twenty-seven. I'll tell you what he weighed That's, in that. He would last cut to middleweight for sure. That that would be a light heavyweight. Yeah, but, why, but why? cut? He's the best in the world. Well, I mean, when you fight Francis Ngannou, who's cutting to make two sixty-five, yeah, it doesn't make a difference. You're, you're though. I mean, he, beat, he beat Francis difference? Ngannou. Well, let's let them rematch. All right. So he I was. Mean, I
0: don't see it. He was two thirty. Sorry, two thirty and a half for the last fight. Okay, nothing. And when he fought Francis... That's, that's crazy. When he fought Francis, he was 246. So he was a lot bigger when he fought Francis. But if you look at Bozer's, like, weigh-ins, like, you say that the guy's small, but, I mean, what's Bozer weighed in at previously? Let's take a look.
1: But, again, also, Stipe's probably six inches taller than him. No, Bozer's 6'2". Bozer's 6'2"? Bozer's 6'2". And how tall is Stipe?
0: Stipe's, like, 6'4". Okay. So his last fight, he, he weighed yeah. two thirty five. So he weighed more than Stipe for his last weigh in, and he was two forty six. Okay. He was two forty six against Cyril Gane. That's the same thing. That's the same weight that uh, Stipe weighed when he fought Gane's countrymen, Francis Ngannou. Actually, so it's not What's his countrymen. Well, sort of his countrymen. They both trained oh, in France. Sort of. Yeah, they both trained. they both trained under Fernand Lopez. Fernand Lopez. So sort of, sort of yeah. countrymen.
1: Well, I don't know. Well, I, I, to me, he just looks, his body frame looks like you can lower his fat content a little bit and easily make a 205. I disagree.
0: I don't think, that, I don't I, and I also don't I don't see why you, you would bother. If you've been fighting at heavyweight and you're having success, like why bother moving down to 205 when you don't have to have as many skills at heavyweight? Not that he can't well, have those skills, but I, you know what I mean?
1: Well, let's put Bozer against, say he gets up and has to fight a Derek Lewis or... You still think that weight's okay? Or? Yeah, that's fine. Like, all right. I think, we'll I mean, I mean I Stipe's had, like, Stipe I mean, had I to do so. it. Yeah. So but he's been up to 245 when he fought those guys. Yeah, so, but so again, fun. that's fat-based, and who knows?
0: So he he fought, let's see how big this, yeah, I mean, it's hard to compare him against regional talent. I'm going to find the 265 that that he beat, but again, you can't really yeah. compare it to regional talent. Yeah. Um, Alright, so I think that, that should be it. We've got some interviews to get to. We've got uh from Joseph Valtellini. we go to Joseph Benavidez. And we've also got uh mm-hmm. your guy, Malcolm Gordon. So this is a fun show. Um this is a perfect show. It's nice talking to Benavides. He seems like he's in the right frame of mind. He says that he's only yeah. gone into two previous fights where he's had like any emotional investment in it where he's like actually dislikes his opponent. And it was the Miguel Torres yeah. fight. He was a big underdog in that fight and won that fight. And Henry Cejudo, the last person to beat Henry Cejudo, was uh, was Joe V.
1: Benavides.
0: Yeah. He's not just uh, Joe uh, B. Like
1: I said, Joe his, B. Joe B. Joe B. You versus DeHuda wouldn't be a, a
0: very fair fight.
1: No, why not? I mean, Triple the, champion, just a little bit of difference. A little bit of a size difference, but the
0: rest—I mean, maybe he could <laughs> use his wrestling. I don't know. Could he take you down? That's it, probably. This is gold medal probably.
1: Olympian. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. I'm sure he could. Let's set it up. Set up an exhibition could. Catch weight. Yeah, I mean, uh, when I tell people Joe B., they think the V is a B. Anyways, when they try to spell it out, so. Close enough. But I like Benavides. I think he's, uh, I got to talk to him, uh, Megan Olivia a little bit this trip uh, and his team. Just good guys. So I hope uh, success for him. Did you mention
0: we do the podcast together? Because Megan and I and, and I Joe and I are very close. She did. I like uh, those Megan guys. brought it up
1: to me. She's like, yeah, you work with Aaron Bronstetter. And I met her once in Denver. She was, uh, came to a glory event. How does Megan, cool Megan like, and, uh... knows everything?
0: Megan like has like this great memory. She's just, like, she she's able to like put two and two together really well.
1: Yeah, I went up to her and I was like, "Hey, Megan." Like, I mean, I met we met once. And she's like, "Oh, yeah, I know you through Aaron Bronstetter." And then she's like, "You're Bazooka, Bazooka Joe." Of course, I know. I was like, oh, she's so nice, so positive." Yeah, Megan's it's awesome. It's good. I can see how her and Joseph are together. It's it's awesome.
0: Yeah, a lot of Positive, en- I mean. positive energy in that relationship.
1: Too much sometimes. Just get mad, be angry. I don't know. Just be rude, please. Just get mad. Don't say
0: hi. I don't. Well, know. Megan can get Megan can some... get mad. Megan can, if you if you rub Megan the wrong way, she'll she'll come after
1: you. All right, I'm okay with it. Yeah. Joe's, the, Joe's the calm one. <laughs> okay, because I heard an interview with her. time, uh, Megan was. Uh, I actually listened to an interview that uh, Megan was being interviewed by the schmo. Mm-hmm. And uh, apparently she was only in economy and then one day Dana saw her and was like, Megan, you look like crap. What's wrong with you? He's like, well, I'm in economy class. And then after that, it was in her contract that she gets to go business now. So I'm going to use that trick when I go to glory
0: now. I'm just
2: do, show, like, up with a, show up with a mustache, like
0: this, and like, shaving yeah. off an eyebrow. Joe, yeah, why, why are you missing an eyebrow? Well, I was in economy and the person next to me is
1: lighter. Yeah. It burnt off my just eyebrow. blue, yeah? yeah. There you go. That's – I got to <laughs> use Megan's trick, see? Well, you mentioned, mentioned
0: Gloria, I saw that there's a new new owner today that has anybody told you about this while you've been away
1: uh, uh yes, we're okay um there's positivity there's just been restructuring, but uh kickboxing will be back eventually. We're just waiting for the timing we've gotta see how Holland reacts to things but uh it'll be a different structure, different business plan, different group of teams but uh as far as I know, I'm still part of the pitcher.
0: So wow, that's good, that's, as, uh, as you should that's be. That's been
1: nice to hear. I hope so. I mean, I've been part of the, the company since Glory 6. I've called more fights than anyone, been part of the company more than anyone. So the owners and the CEOs have just uh, recently reached out to me to kind of kinda give me a little bit of uh, stress relief.
0: What I was hoping was that somebody would have asked you to fill Paul Felder's seat while he went to go coach Jared Gordon yesterday. Like that would have been a good fit. That
1: would have been perfect. See, that actually happened with me in Glory and I was talking to Felder today about it. Um and I was like, "Man, you're lucky that you got to go in corner." He's like, "Man, for sure, it was that I was like, "They wouldn't let me do it in Glory." Like, not okay, Gordon is friends with Felder, but when I talked about I had to uh, Commentate Troy Sheridan. Yeah, who he's like your business partner and best my friend. My <laughs> corner, my business partner, my best friend. It's more than just a training partner that I trained with. And I was like, we we're both saying, like, it's great TV. I was like, that's what I was saying. Like, let me go, mic me up, put me in the corner. So it's it's cool to see how they did it and they followed Felder in the back. I just thought it was well done. And I hope if that ever happens again, Glory lets me do it.
0: Well, the problem is the Glory doesn't have a three man booth, Glory has a two man booth, that's the problem. right? The UFC yeah, but they can throw in
1: another fighter for one fight. You know, try somebody out. Maybe they get, I've I've called fights with Alistair Overeem, Rico Verhoeven, Chris Kamosi has called fights with me, Tiffany Van Bansu. So we've always brought in like a little special guest for one fight. That should be all right. Just there, to create some new dynamics and energy for TV.
0: The UFC has so many commentators that work so much better in the three-man booth. Like I feel, I feel like Bisping works so much better in the three-man booth. Cormier works so much better in the three-man booth. Like I think the two-man booth. I agree. Two-man booth, Felder's good with the two-man booth. Cruz is good with the two-man booth. Um, who else do they have? Rogan, of course, is, is great with a two-man booth, although they've been doing yeah. three-man with him. But uh, a lot of their their uh, the fighters that they have as commentators now are are better in that three-man booth situation, I yeah. think.
1: It's weird, too, because when it first happened, all of a sudden, I'm like, I didn't like it. When it first happened, I was like, I don't like this. It's too much cross crisscrossing and not knowing what's happening. But I've actually started, especially for MMA, I've started liking it a lot more. I personally like the three-man booth um, because what happens after watching, especially for us who a lot of times watch the prelims and we're watching fights for five, six, six hours. You need a change of voice sometimes. No matter who you listen to for six hours, they're going to get boring. So to get that dynamic back and forth and to get the difference of opinion, I think it's great because no matter who it is, I'm getting sick of the, the commentator. So, I mean, it's nice to get them bounce. And I think John Anik is incredible. At um, letting the guys talk, letting the guys create the story, jumping in at the right time, they're they're learning the timing with each other. You know, Felder's been amazing. I mean, I thought, you know, Bisping is fun. I, I like the dynamic of DC and uh, Dominant Cruz because Dominant Cruz will get more technical and small where DC is more passionate and, and brings out a little bit more energy. So it kind of works with each other. So... Um, maybe I can be part of that three-man booth. That's where it should be. Bring in the stand-up specialist, and then you have your ground specialist, your MMA guy. So that's uh, hopefully how I pitch myself to the UFC one day.
0: There's one guy who I think is is much better in the two-man booth than the three-man booth. That's Dan Hardy. Because the, for whatever reason, the British accent mixed with the American accent throws me a little bit. Although with Bisping, it works. So I, maybe I should, yeah, I should take works. that back. Maybe it's just Hardy's just better. Hardy and Gooden are so good together. Like, they've just got yeah. such good chemistry. And I, I Have you met John Gooden down there? Yeah, I was just going to say. I, I love that guy. Like,
1: it's amazing, amazing. We bonded right away. We're so cool with each other. Um, and I asked him, I was like, oh, are you going to be doing it with Dan Hardy? He said, no. So he kind of said it's kind of good because sometimes they're only associating, you know, Gooden and Hardy together. It's nice to give him, like, to show that he can work with everyone. Mm-hmm, so I think he's sure. doing it with Felder and I don't know who uh, Felder and Bisping. I guess yeah, it was like that with, with
0: Fitzgerald and Felder was kind of the same thing. It was like they were kind of a pair, and then they've made them branch off. Now you don't make that association anymore. So I, I agree with yeah. John Gooden. I think that is good to do. Yeah, I think
1: it's a good move. But uh, I haven't heard Gooden call fights in a while, so he's been off for a bit. I'm guessing he has
0: been. Um, it's because of the travel, right? They they weren't able to fly him from the UK to the US. He, he's based in the UK, mm. so they weren't able to get okay. him to come over. So he was. Uh, he's How did
1: Bisping home? go? He has a Bisping's based today, in guess, LA. Bisping? No,
0: Bisping lives in LA. Oh, okay. He's lived in LA for like ten really? years.
1: Yeah. Oh geez. Okay, cool. Yeah, Bisping so, Bisping,
0: yeah. Bisping doesn't associate with uh with, with Britain anymore. I, I'm just I'm just joking okay. up. No, Bisping, Bisping's <laughs> like, very proud. he's very proud to be from Manchester. I'm just playing around.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, no, it's been fun. He's doing a great job. I think I like that they're using him more and uh bringing him in. I think he brings that uh excitement. he's, he's kinda like me in the commentary that You can hear like every time there's a big shot land, all you hear is Bisping. Oh, he Look screamed. at that. All you hear is bisping. Ah, is, He just reacts like so amazingly. So that's how kind of I am. Like
0: yeah.
2: I know
1: Todd has to go and yell what happened. But I just go, ah, I'll just I'll freak out because I get so excited. It's just, had that you can feel cam. the passion in him. The Bisping cam oh, has been He hates see. it apparently. Hates uh, I, yeah, it. I can tell he hates it. You can tell he hates it. But it's so good. <laughs> and, yeah, because you're like you're so vulnerable in that time. You're not thinking how your face looks. And you're like just making all these weird reactions hey man
0: do you don't get paid to have fun it's a job you gotta just roll with the punches yeah. and uh if, yeah. you know if, if that's what production wants to do you know just think you have yeah, a great job do. Just, just get it done
1: yeah i'm not liking the uh i'm not liking the post interviews though i'm still not feeling the oh, having that, the guys on yeah, the headset. On headset i don't love it yet i'm not loving that yet I, i'm maybe i don't know i guess they have to go this route but uh I now what you do is you get a wide lens camera, better.
0: get a wide lens camera and a boom microphone, and that way you can socially distance. You hold the boom, and you ask them a question. You bring the boom but, back. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but six, why do we need? To, but eight. why
1: are we socially distancing? I know everybody's
0: That's negative. The they, all the people are being tested. I,
1: I, look, I have a blue wristband, which means I've been tested four times. We've all been tested four times. We're all in the same venue. We're all getting tested again. I, I don't know why I they can't
0: you. do it. And maybe it's an optics thing. Who knows? But I, I I agree with you. Everybody's being tested. And and that's what Rogan was saying. Rogan's like, we've all we've all tested negative. We've tested like six times yeah. this week. Why can't we stand next and to each other? Uh,
1: yeah. And we're all seeing each other, shaking each other's hands at the hotel anyways. We're hugging each other. Like we're all at the hotel. We're just in masks sometimes. Half the time we're not in our masks anyways because we know we're all safe and tested. So, it weirds me out when I mean, people want to shake I, my
0: hand. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> it like really messes you know? with me. Like, when we, we we moved recently, and, like, the mover wanted to, like, give me a fist bump or shake my hand, I'm like, why? We don't need to do this anymore. Like, let's, let's yeah. this era's over of handshaking. Like, let's bow or whatever. There's so many different elbows. We don't need to put hands on each other. That's, that's how this uh, thing is I'm spreading.
1: A, I don't agree with it. I'm a I've always, I grew up I'm, I'm Italian and the first thing my dad said is wherever you go, you shake someone's hand firm, you look them in the eyes. Oh, so no a problem with it as a
0: concept shake. but right now with a global pandemic that's going on, like shouldn't you do whatever yeah. it takes to like eliminate any sort of chance like why leave it the chance you think so I mean yeah, with, if I I, if I was at a place where you're at and everybody's got the wristbands, then I'm kind of cool with it. I'm talking about like daily interactions like I, I don't want to shake your hand I don't like I'm not interested. If you don't have a blue right. wristband, I'm not shaking your hand.
1: That's it. Okay. I'll keep my blue wristband on next time I see
0: you. <laughs> well, no, no. Once you're out of the bubble, then oh, you okay. have to throw so, it out.
1: There we go. Yeah. You, can't but just, I heard, you can't just keep the wristband. Uh, I'm following the news back home. So uh, apparently Toronto, we're going to be wearing face masks for years to come, apparently. It's the new normal years. Now, right? For years, it says? It said for a long time to come. He thinks it's going to be something that's just going to be with us for a while.
0: Are you allowed to wear like a Halloween mask? Like I wear like a clown mask out and about. Like would I get in trouble for doing that?
1: Hmm. I got to do something more creative than these little masks. I don't know. I just think it would be fun to freak people out.
0: Like I mean, if we all have to to wear masks, we're like, like, like oh yeah, we're like a a, a deranged clown mask, and then they're like, well, sir, you can't wear that. It's like, well, we're by law, we're supposed to wear masks.
1: Hmm? I just think the biggest problem happening with the mask is not people wearing it; it's other. People in the community kind of like scolding you if you don't want to wear one. Well, you have that to wear one really now,
0: though. But if, you ha- if you're going indoors, well, I mean, you have to wear one by law now. So I, I get it. But if you're going out for a they walk. they said it's
1: optional, basically, though. they they were saying like you're not forced to. I mean, it's it's highly recommended. It's, it's like, if what if I have a breathing issue, they say, or something they said, or the yeah, asthmas or. Yeah, so, I, I, I think you can get a, a
0: medical exemption.
1: Yeah. But what are you gonna? The people who are walking, seeing you in the indoors, are all gonna look at you and scold you.
0: Well, we'll get a shirt so, that says I have a medical exemption, and then you're fine.
1: A nice big sign. No, oh, yeah, just a go. shirt. Get like a get a, <laughs> I a shirt have a instead of
0: wearing a mask out. You're wearing a shirt out every time that says I have a medical exemption.
1: All right, I think about it. I just I'm one of those people sometimes. Like I'm I'm up for it. I'm okay with it. I mean, if I got to do it. to – do my part in helping this out just let's do it why we have to create arguments and fights just put it on for two seconds get in your car take it off let's just stop this let's get it over with just go
0: into a store put on a mask who cares
1: just get it over with seriously i think people are just making it this freedom of rights it's just we're getting over this virus let's just go come on stop making a big deal out of it
0: yeah i mean i don't understand why people are that opposed to something that's helping stop the spread of a I mean, they've now put out, like, AP put out a report the other day that, like, people that are getting the coronavirus are having, like, long-term heart, like, half of the people are having heart issues, like, heart, like, uh, it's having a negative effect on organs, like, this is no joke here, like, let's wear the mask, yeah. like, like just
1: why just not, wear a just wear place, the mask. Yeah. yeah, just wear it, stay home a little bit, try to avoid things, yeah, I mean, we just got to get over this as quick as possible, I think Ontario's doing a pretty good job, though, I think we're we're lowering, right?
0: I mean, how often do you see somebody in a store barefoot walking around and then someone's like, well, sir, you need to wear shoes in here. And they're like, my freedom is being impinged upon because I, me- I don't want to wear shoes. I've yeah. got athlete's foot. t-shirt. I've got athlete's, foot, I've got athlete's yeah. foot and it's making my athlete's foot worse. It's making, so I'm, I'm, wearing, I'm not wearing socks or shoes anymore. You never hear this. You yeah. Have you ever seen a yeah. single viral video on the Internet of somebody refusing to put shoes on at a store?
1: Never. Never. That's a good example. I yeah. like it. I'm going to use it. Yeah, or just walk, in, walk into a store wearing no shoes and see what happens. Barefoot, that's yeah. it. I'm gonna If I'm in a bad mood one day and I just want to get into an argument, I'm just yeah, going to exactly. go grocery shopping with no mask. <laughs> just going to fight <laughs> just, with just, everybody. Just, just so you can have conflict. Yeah, just so I can get into people.
0: Hey, Joe, if you want to argue with people, I've got a tip for you. you have, it's from the comfort of your own home. It's this thing called Twitter. You just get on that. Twitter, and you'll, just you'll, you'll have no there, problem just... finding someone to argue with.
1: All right, there we go. It's safer and easier.
0: I put on my filter, the Twitter quality filter. Twitter's never been better for me. I
1: love it. Really? All the bad. So it kind of filters out a lot of the negativity stuff? Or? I
0: put on a filter that says, you cannot communicate with me unless you have a confirmed phone number or email address associated with your account.
1: No, oh, you can do that, eh? Yeah. All right. And, Get and, rid of all those trolls. And, and
0: trolls don't have confirmed phone numbers and, and email addresses because they don't want, don't want people right. to know who they are.
1: Yeah. And you're someone who really interacts and responds to people. So, and, I mean, it's part of your your job and yeah i like it absolutely well too many people out there are getting too comfortable they get yeah. too comfortable behind a keyboard
0: i'm with you yeah i mean did you see the interaction that the guy had with paul felder
1: uh no he he told me about it today because <laughs> he he's, he told me he made a joke that is something that he uh uh, Gordon owes him 5% now or something, and people were bashing him. Is that what it was?
0: No, somebody um, somebody sent uh, Felder a message saying, uh, you should stick to the announce booth because you're not a good fighter anymore. You should stay retired. And Felder responded and was know. like, would you say that to my face? And he wrote, no, I wouldn't because you kicked my ass. That's why I'm saying it to you on a keyboard. And that's that's what awesome. <laughs> Felder wrote, awesome. Fair enough.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was told me he was getting bashed and Twitter was freaking out on him because he made like a little joke about... Gordon owing him 5% now or something. And I was like, why is he owing you 5%? No, this is not right. He's like, I'm joking. Gordon's how my do best people friend, not get, people. How like, do people not get that that's a joke? Like, I mean, <laughs> That's the first thing he know. told me when I saw him for coffee today, and he was just freaking out about it. So, who knows? Can't let these people bother you. Like, uh, like I said, short. if you're
0: looking for conflict, it's a good place to find it.
1: All right, Joe. That's it. Well, uh, we're going to go right, from, from Joe
0: V to Joe B. Uh, joining us now on the TSN MMA show is uh, Joseph Benavidez. Uh, who's the, yes, not, not Valtellini Joseph Benavidez will be fighting for the uh, vacant flyweight championship of the world and here he is on the TSN MMA show alright let's hit the rewind button it's part 2 Joe Benavidez against Davison Figueiredo I feel like you had your doubts that Davison was going to make this one and you might still have your doubts
2: um, the doubts are being erased um, I think he just passed all his tests here he obviously got on the plane and passed um, you know, the way he got here on an unchartered flight and then with the second negative, I mean, he went, you know, there was so much that went into that. He came here, pa- passed his test so far. So it's looking good. All that's left is the scale. And I guess, you, I mean, you can't be worried
0: about the scale because you're going to get on it and you're going to make weight. And you're going to do your job. So if he doesn't yes. make weight, I guess will will Pantoja step in if he misses weight.
2: Yes, yeah, he's been he's been the replacement the whole time. I mean, with what happened in the last fight, um, you know, right when we took the fight, my coaches said, hey, my coaches and my manager both asked, you know, the UFC for a replacement. I think they were already pretty much on top of it with the same idea, you know. So something weird didn't happen again, Um, because you know, I want to fight Figueroa. That's who I want to fight, obviously, but. And my coaches know he can miss weight. I'm going to still want to fight him, but we need to have a backup and not give him the opportunity. So, yeah, Pantoja's been the backup um, since the fight was signed. So.
0: You won that first round, at least I thought you did, and I think I think the cards indicated that. Uh, the all sec- three judges. Yeah, all three all judges. So, the second round, I guess what had happened was there was a, an incidental collision of heads, and that kind of changed the course of the fight. Uh, A lot of fighters have uh, spoken about you leading with your head. I've I've spoken to Alex Perez, and he mentions this. Is this something that you're looking to avoid in this fight, or is that just kind of the way that you throw your punches?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's different. It's not something you you do or try to do. Um, I think the people you see that, you know, get in head clashes are, I mean, even in, in boxing fights, which, hey, they're the most, you know, technical strikers, and it's known, you know, whatever um it's typically aggressive fighters which i am um shorter punches and also um a lot of open stance so open stance um also um even when you see a boxing fight you're like oh it's almost inevitable they're going to clash heads in these open stances the southpaw and orthodox and i'm typically open stance from my opponent as well so um yeah, yeah i mean it's 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 a little bit of everything and obviously you want to avoid that with how the fight happened last time you never want to get a cut or even win in that way um or definitely don't lose in that way so yeah i mean there's always things you can do to avoid it but like i said i mean you know some things low blows on open stances as well and stuff when you're throwing those inside kicks and stuff you know um this one you know definitely you know paid more uh um there's a lot more um repercussions in it but yeah so that's definitely something i look at to avoid i mean flyweights are moving at like a water bug speed you guys are,
0: are really quick so for a referee to catch everything is 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 hard to do are you yes. able to talk to the referee before the fight and say like listen i'm going to tap my head or something if if there is a, an incidental collision of heads just so that you know what's going on
2: yeah you thought about it but you just also think hey they'll see it they'll be right in the, p- the right position you don't You don't really think of that going in as like, hey, this fight there could possibly, I mean, you never really think of that, you know, so, yeah, I mean, you just hope they catch it, you know, and they do it. This one, you know, it it didn't happen, and, um, you know, it wasn't any blame on the ref or anything, you know, these things happen, but um, it was definitely unfortunate.
0: Do you feel like there's kind of a protagonist antagonist type deal going on with the two of you? I mean, he missed weight. He ends up winning due to a kind of a collision of heads. You've become more of a good guy, he's become more of a bad guy. Do you feel like the the vast majority are going to be on your side for this one?
2: Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I think I'm I'm pretty well liked and um he he's just he's a villain like type. Especially when we were at that fight there in Norfolk. Um You know, in America, I felt that crowd so much on my side. I mean, he's, yeah, he's a villain, even with the line in his hair and the missing of weight and, you know, his, like, evil manager standing by his side, like, all that stuff. And, you know, I mean, I try to be, you know, represent myself and everyone around me in the sport good. And, yeah, I mean, I guess people like me. So, if anybody, yeah, I mean, it's – we're we're definitely – um opposite personality uh wise well male does look a little bit like a movie villain yeah he does yeah him and his manager like next to each other look like a little like weird evil cartoon <laughs> uh
0: with Figueredo though do you, do you know much about him I mean I know you guys both trained at alpha male for a time uh, have you ever sat down and spoke to him I know his English is, is a second language but uh do you have any sort of personal relationship with the guy
2: no, not at all. I mean, I never trained at Alpha Mel while he did. Um, I was already gone and out of there, and then I know he went a little bit. But honestly, I have no personal relationship. I try not to – you know, I don't like him very much. So, you know, anything about him or – that I would post on anyway is typically in Portuguese. And, you know, I don't really like to see him or anything like that. So – yeah, I mean, I guess it makes it better for an opponent, you know.
0: Things are rarely uh, personal for you going into yeah, a fight. Is, is this perfect. one personal?
2: Yeah, I think I think so, a little bit at least. I mean, not personal because like I said, we, like we just said, I don't have a personal relationship with him. But I don't like him, you know, and that's always a little different. Like, and the way the first fight went, like, we're in a fight. You know, so you're you're always going to try to hurt somebody because that's just the way to win. You know, you have to hurt the guy. And uh, but there's sometimes like when you don't like a guy, or this fight went this way, or you think you were, you know, slighted and he was cheat or anything of the sort, and you don't like him, like you actually you, like you want to hurt him, like you look forward to it. And I don't know. I think that's kind of where I'm at in this time. Like I want him to feel. Like what I felt like I was hurt in that fight. I was hurt after, you know, all because of this, of, you know, some kind of accidental. So it's just, yeah, it makes it a little different and not typically passing over to the personal side. But there's definitely just a little more, um, you know, will to, to go out and do your job.
0: Could that be a bad thing?
2: Um, I haven't found it typically is for me. I mean, the only people I've disliked going into my fights before um, was Miguel Torres, who I ruined, and Henry Cejudo, who I was his last loss and fought an incredible fight with him. So, I mean, those are the only two people I can think that I ever really felt that way about. So, as far as for me, it's been, it's, it's pretty good, I think.
0: Yeah, it's not a bad sample size. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> People forget how good Miguel Torres was at the time. Miguel Torres was like unstoppable at the time and you were I think like a 3 to 1 underdog going into that fight.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I had the same kind of feeling I have where I'm like I just don't like you. I like I really just hope I put you out, you know. And uh yeah, so it seems pretty good. I mean, typically I go into a fight with just hey, I know I have to hurt the guy, but it's it's more my like it's my skill that is doing it you know what i mean
0: last time we spoke you were kind of in a bad place obviously it was right after the last fight um how long did it take you to get over it or, or are you still not over it i mean did, how long did it take you to get back to a little bit of normalcy in your mind
2: um it took a while it took longer than usual just because because of what's going on in the world in the quarantine i kind of had to sit with it you know what i mean I had to really sit and sulk in it. There was no, um, like, gym escape. Like, that's the only way to get over a loss and even carry on from a win. Is just move on to the next thing. You know, you have a short memory in MMA, and you can go in the gym and you can forget about anything. You don't have the chance to think about, you know, what happened in your last fight or what's going to happen in your next one, when another guy's fighting you or you're scrambling or you're training and you're trying to learn. But when you don't have that, you know, for like the first few months, like I didn't, you know, there's a lot of stillness happening and a lot of idle, umness also. And so it just, yeah, I mean, it, it did stick with you a little longer. It was definitely, you know, traumatic as far as my, you know, career goes, like that was like the one that was a perfect everything opportunity. And then you go into quarantine, which is hard enough for people not to do anything. And I'm kind of sitting on that. So yeah it was, that was definitely a challenge, but you know thankfully, I'm not stuck in a home <laughs> with some evil person, and I love my wife and my dog, and that was mainly who I was, so I'm happiest when I'm around them anyway. so that definitely sped up the process. Um, but like I said, it's still hard. you don't have you know anywhere to go and anything else to really do.
0: Yeah, I guess when I think of the timetable, that fight was the 29th of February you probably yeah. wouldn't have gone back to the gym right after that because you were recovering and then i guess it was 2 3 weeks later that all of that everything went down right so you probably were about ready to get back into the gym and then couldn't which probably was like another uh you know mental barrier to get over
2: yeah that's another thing that just adds to you know not good feelings and like that low you know feeling people get is like when you can't go to the gym you know especially after that Um, something like that happening. So, yeah, it actually was one of the last ones, which I was, you know, fortunate to fight before this all happened too, but I think even the next fight was, um, was the last one. Um, it was, um, the Yoanna uh, Wele and, uh, Stylebender Romero, and then the fight stopped, the gyms closed, and, yeah, I was ready to do it. You know, I have a little gym at my garage, but even that, it's not the same, going in and just forgetting about things, so...
0: And are you someone who likes to go out, who likes to, you know, go out to different places and you weren't able to do that either?
2: Just dinner. (laughs) Just dinner and lunch. Um, Sometimes the movies, you know. But I don't go out. I mean, I live in Las Vegas, but I don't go out. I don't gamble. I don't – I have friends, you know, as an adult. You know, we don't have a ton of friends, but I got a lot of good ones that I like to spend time with. But I always want to be home. People invite me everywhere. They make fun of me. Because they're like, oh, just invite Joe, uh, and see how he tells you no, or like, or like, don't invite him. Or like, is the trick not inviting you? Then you want to go because people invite me everywhere, and I never want to go. And my thing is, I actually do want to go, but just as not, just not as much as I don't want to (laughs) go. You know what I mean? I I don't know what you mean. I'm the exact same way. Yeah, like, dude, I actually do want to go, but like, just not as much as I don't want to go so i typically stay home a lot but me and my like we live in vegas and me and my wife love food so especially after my fight we always go explore new restaurants new dinners and that's nice you know getting dressed up whether typically it's off the strip and somewhere cool and a little hole in the wall or something and we can go try it out um we like to go to movies um and we like to go see friends at their house or barbecues and we're big on game nights as well, um, so stuff like that going out. But we're not going to be in line for a club or anything like that.
0: I need to get some advice for you. I, I always go to the same restaurant when I'm in Las Vegas, so I've got. I need to expand my horizons.
2: I would love to take you out the next time you're there, man. Um, we could do a little food tour. Like I'm a big, I love food. Like get a lot of recommendations. The people literally, Josh Emmett was in. Uh, was in Vegas. Um, getting searched out for his knee and i gave him like three days worth of restaurants and he actually tried them all and was like joe b's food tour you need to blog this like let's go so i got you man for sure all right i'd like that if i end, if you end
0: up taking me to the same place i always go to though i'm gonna be weirded out by that but I, I doubt it uh all right joe well thanks uh thanks for this best of luck this weekend hopefully you can finally fulfill the prophecy become the flyweight champion of the ufc after all of these different attempts and uh we uh, we always appreciate your time
2: Appreciate you, man.
0: Thank you. He's one of the best flyweights outside of the UFC. He's now inside the UFC. It's Malcolm Gordon. Welcome to uh, the UFC. And tell me about the call when Danny Rubenstein, your manager, called you to let you know that you uh, that you were in.
3: It, you know what? It was actually like kind of, it was kind of crazy at first. And I, I there was no other way. Like I, there was, I couldn't couldn't say no. You know what I mean? I like was I up until that point, I didn't think it was going to ever happen. Right? Like I I was unsure of the whole flyweight situation so it was kind of surreal man i was i was stoked though
0: and i know that there was a chance we're going to be on the contender series so how do you change your mindset from like okay i'm going to be in vegas in august and you know i've got a couple of weeks to like okay i've got to get on a plane and go to an island
3: well you even that though like I, I don't know if they released the roster or whatnot but like at that point like you know um another one a teammate of mine tony laramie um, or sorry, TJ Laramie had already got signed to the contender series and there was a whole bunch of announcements on what that that, um, uh, series was going to look like and all the fights. And I, I, my, name still wasn't even on that list. So I was like, I don't even know if that's going to happen. Right. So the mindset was basically just like, you know, stay healthy. Right. We were still in the whole COVID situation in Canada. The gyms locked down. There wasn't much to do, um, you know when I got the call from Danny we had actually just sat down with like my 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 fiance's grandparents and parents and everybody were about to have like this huge dinner and then I just got up and left the table and called Joe immediately my 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 coach uh, Joe vatilini and like we got to get in the gym right now I got, I got the call
0: yeah, so if, if you don't know, Joe is uh, my podcast co-host and uh, he's Malcolm's coach. So, I, I, you know, I, I don't want to show a lot of bias here. You know, I'm trying not to. I've, I'm actually interviewing Amir later today to make sure that everything is, is, is all copacetic. But what do you know about Amir? I mean, this is a new opponent for you. You're supposed to fight uh, a different opponent, uh, the M1 Global uh, Flyweight Champion. Something happened with him and uh, Amir Al-Bazi steps in. Uh, someone who you might have ended up having to face in Brave
3: when you had signed with them. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. So that's 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 the mindset, you know what I mean? Like it's um he's young, I got a little bit more experience on him. Um from the tapes that I've seen, I, I, it's going to be a pretty exciting fight. Um but, you know, we're here now. I, I think this is where I del- I deserve to be to at the same time, right? Like our records are relatively the same and you know, I wasn't going to get you know, this is the caliber of guys I was going to be fighting anyway, so it was just a bonus to be fighting under the big lights for it, you know, finally. What's
0: it like over in Abu Dhabi? I mean, uh, I guess you had to do a, a whole quarantine and and all oh, kinds of crazy. different things, yeah.
3: Yeah, the quarantines, the quarantines not that bad. Like you know what I mean? Like we we're uh, it's like like fight, fight week is you're always in the in the hotels, but like this whole country is a sauna, so like cutting weight's not an issue at all. You know what I mean? We did. We had a workout last night, we were in the hotel room and then you know, I'm like I'm sweating like crazy. We go outside, you think you're, you're gonna catch a breath of fresh air, you're sweating, it's still like forty degrees outside, you know, like it's like kind of like the weight cuts not gonna be an issue, so you know, every it's it's pretty nice actually, it's it's really nice.
0: Yeah, and I guess uh you would have been in the dry heat of Las Vegas, but this is like the humidity. So yep. I mean the sweat just must be peeling off of you.
3: Yeah, it's, it's, it's nuts, it's nuts. But the is taking really good care of us. You know, they got their meals set up for us and are the, all the appointments are really, uh, you know, reasonable and whatnot for time-wise. And we're trying to stay on that schedule of, like, back home because I know we're going to be fighting at, uh, like, what, 3 o'clock in the morning our time here, so.
0: Well, I know you say that it's like a regular fight week, you're in the hotel, but I'm guessing that the hotels supplied in Abu Dhabi is a little bit different than the ones that TKO supplied? A little bit. <laughs> <laughs>
3: A little bit, yeah, 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 you
0: could say that. Uh, in terms of TKO, what was that experience like for you in that uh, that promotion? There was a lot of great regional talent, and uh, you ended up becoming the Flyweight champion.
3: Yeah, no, you know what? To be like, to be completely honest, like, it's been, um, I know some guys have like that huge cultural shock of going from like smaller shows to like the big promotion, and they're kind of like whichever, but I think being a part of TKO, um, and obviously being the champion, whatnot, and the, the treatment that you would get via that. Um, kind of got me like acclimated to like the whole UFC situation because I don't really feel like much has changed, you know what I mean? Like I, I kind of know what to expect and you know, we, there's not much, you know, and it, it, they're on national television too, so you'll be used to the whole production things and you know, everything's gone pretty smoothly, you know, transition wise, transition transitionally wise.
0: I see you're wearing the uh, New England Cartel shirt. Uh, Calvin Cater actually came and trained with you guys for some time at uh, Bazooka MMA. Uh, what, what did you think of the fight last night, the main event?
3: You know what? I, so I knew that I was going to have a long day. So um, I actually I had to watch, rewatch it this morning. But, like, yeah, I know Calvin's, Calvin's sick, man. Like, he's, he's incredible. He's, 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 he's out of control. He's, he's definitely the next best thing. You know what I mean? He's going to be very hard to deal with. He's just so long, right? He's got those long punches and whatnot, and that super long right hand, and and just like very durable. It's gonna be, it's gonna be hard to deal with that guy in the future, man. Those guys, are, those guys have to look out.
0: Yeah, that division is is pretty crazy because you could take anybody in that top fifteen, put them against Volkanovski, and you've got a very competitive fight.
3: Yeah, yeah, that that yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, we were looking at the numbers last night, and it was like that whole division is completely stacked. It's it's ridiculous, right?
0: I feel like that's kind of how the flyweight division is, though. I mean, I'm not sure who's going to emerge uh, from uh, Joe Benavides and Davis and Figueroa, but I think that anybody in the top 15, somewhere where you could find yourself after this weekend, could hang with those guys.
3: Yeah, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to look past uh, this guy just yet, but yeah, it's the exact same thing. I, I don't think it's as crazy as the the 45 division, but like, you know. Uh, I, I bring a lot of size to the to the to the flyweights, right? So and and height too. A lot of those guys in the top fifteen are pretty shorter, but you know, obviously, different things to deal with with those guys. But yeah, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. It's, it's it's actually it's super exciting. You know what I mean? Because like, they, that's just it. There is a lot of talent, and certain matchups stylistically are going to be like extremely um, fun fights to watch. Um, so yeah. And it's kind of cool because you've got the flyweight championship
0: being contested. We don't know who the champion is right now. It's a vacant title. You're going to get to watch firsthand.
3: As 100, percent that guy's he's a, he's a veteran. He's been fighting for so long, and you know, I, I have a hard time seeing him getting taken out by this this next opponent. You know what I mean? Like, I think better has got this hands down. So, do you think in the last fight it was just that that head that headbutt basically just changed the, the I, course that's of the fight? Exactly. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. Like he got, it was what in the first round or something like that. He got, he got, uh, he took that kind of headbutt. It of was the second. And, yeah. I mean, Benavidez man. won that first round. I think that's what a
0: lot of people are forgetting because the odds on this fight, I think Figueiredo was like a minus 200 or minus 250 favorite. But if you look at that first fight, Benavidez won the first round. The second round was a, was a close round until that headbutt happened. And then the fight ended. I mean, then Figueiredo was able to take advantage.
3: Yeah, no. Benavides is something like I've been watching him for a long time. We actually trained with him um, well back, like back when I just started my MMA career, like you know, like or, or sorry, amateur career, so like years ago. And he would kind of come down and train with us, and he was just a monster. But his pressure is going to be like the the hardest thing to deal with, right? And and hand speed, right? Like he's he's yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough fight for him.
0: Also yeah. one of the nicest guys on the planet. I love Joe B. No,
3: that's the thing too. You meet him and he's just, yeah, the absolutely nicest guy on the planet. So yeah, it's, it's great. And uh, there's uh, also the Pantoja fight
0: um, on on that card. What do you think of Pantoja and then what do you think of uh, his opponent?
3: you know what? I don't know nothing about either of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I, I'm more like, I'm a, yeah, I, I was like a casual, casual MMA, casual like, you know, fo- like, you know what I mean? Like, I was always I only really pay attention to the guys that I have to fight, so that's about it. So you don't watch a whole lot of like UFC events? Absolutely not. You know. So what's a Saturday night look like for Malcolm Gordon? Saturday night looks like we're just hanging out, family time, relaxing. You know, if the fights are on, the fights are on. You know, I'll I'll we'll watch I'll watch like the the big names and whatnot, or like you know some of the flyweights that were like going to be you know potentially on the radar, or see like what was going on. But like you know. I come from like the jujitsu background. I'm, I'm watching, we're, we're watching like uh, ADCC and, and Abu Dhabis and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, you know, just to figure out the new tip. Like then, you know, what's recently trending and whatnot, and seeing seeing what's going on. So if I ask you who the women's flyweight champion in the UFC is right now, would you know the answer? Absolutely not.
0: <laughs> come on, you don't know who the
3: women's flyweight champion is? Uh, as uh Shapchenko. Yeah. Shebchenko. Okay.
0: All okay, right. There you go. Did, did, did the Joe feed that? the that to you? I hear Joe Joe's voice Joe next to you.
3: Absolutely fed that to me. Like you <laughs> can, I could probably name like is uh, John Jones is still a champ? Yeah, John Jones is still a okay, champ. I know John Jones. I know. Uh, heavyweight. Heavy. Who's the heavyweight? I don't even know. I don't even know. Stipe? <laughs> Stipe? <laughs> I'm telling you, man, it's a real thing.
0: We gotta get like some fan. We gotta get like some fan on to do like UFC I, trivia uh, I feel with you. Like
3: I'm gonna get roasted for this soon, and be like, "Holy shit, this guy's in the UFC and he doesn't even know anything about it." But like whatever. Malcolm cares about Malcolm. Hey, if you're focused on yourself, you're focused on your
0: <laughs> opponent. Don't worry about any of that other outside noise. You're probably you're probably uh, going forward rather than backwards. It's,
3: it's, yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. It's not essential right now. You know what I mean? But now, now that I'm here, I'll probably. You know, pay attention to pay a little bit more attention to it. I like it. It's easier to focus on like five people than six hundred. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or just one, but
0: yeah. <laughs> All right, Malcolm. Well, I appreciate your time. Uh, best of luck on your debut this Saturday, and uh, I really appreciate it. Hopefully, once uh, things get a little bit back to normal, you can join uh, Joe and I in studio. Uh, the studio is yeah, yeah. right near Bazooka, and it would be be fun to catch up.
3: Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you, thank you.